Hey, Ness. Hey, Em. So this is kind of a wild week for us. It's a short week for us because we're heading to Miami on Thursday. Yes, which is very exciting. But Emily and I are both just like trying to get so many things done since it is a short week. You know, it's just kind of a blessing and a curse when you have a short week. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like a complete and utter whirlwind for me. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to Thursday because it will all be behind us. But recording this right now is checking another thing off the to-do list. And it's one of the fun things we get to do. Yes, definitely. I am really excited to, I mean, obviously talk about the science and the nutrition, but I'm really excited to talk about cheer because I love this show. And also, I mean, like every every other person loves the show. Like this isn't special about me, but what is special about me is that I took a cheer-themed cycling class. I don't know if you remember this, Vanessa. Wow, a cheer-themed cycling class. Yeah, it was so fun. Shout out to Rose Marshall in Portland. She currently teaches at Burn Cycle, I think, the studio that was at since closed. But people were like in full on outfits. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it was serious. Like I just showed up in like regular clothes and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't know that we were supposed to wear like bows and stuff. But it was so much fun and I really enjoyed it. It was right before the pandemic, too. So it was like the next week after I was like, wow, last week I was at a cheer themed cycling class and now I'm like locked down yeah wow how fun okay so everyone will understand in a few moments why we're talking about cheer i swear it relates to this episode (laughs) this is we're gonna talk about something that we don't like about cheer one of the few things yeah and you know what i hate to say this but i'm just gonna get it out there into the open season two lost me did it really we we never talked about that yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm that not that into really it. really upsets me. I didn't even didn't finish like it. You did the other school, did you? Did you not like the other school? I, the other school's fine. I just, I don't know, the no, the novelty is worn off for me, and I'm just kind of over it. I also heard, and I don't know if this is a rumor or not, so maybe I'm perpetuating a rumor, but I heard that this national championship they go to, it's only two teams there. Like, it's only Navarro and Trinity. What's what's the other school? Trinity. Yeah, Trinity Christian or whatever. Yeah. I think I don't know. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna have to look into that. So yeah. somebody tell us if you've known. I wanna hear it. You can DM us on Instagram and tell us how wrong we are. Tell us the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about to tell you the truth about <laughs> some of the eating habits on cheer. Yes. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to Wellness Myths. Today we are talking about, well, we'll be talking a lot about the show Cheer, but as it relates to the watermelon cleanse, and we want to talk about how your GI system actually works because of some comments that we heard in season two of Cheer. So if you're not familiar with the show, it's on Netflix. I think season two came out like a month ago or two months ago. Is that right, Emily? Yeah. It was definitely recent because I remember literally everybody was texting me after like, did you hear about the diet comments that they made this season? I was like, oh, unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it's about a junior college cheer team and you watch these athletes as they prepare for national championships. And 
It's a really kind of deep look into the sport of cheer and how intense it is. I mean, I certainly was not that aware of what cheerleading was like at the collegiate level. I mean, these girls are getting catapulted into the air and like flipping around, getting dropped on their heads. And then people are like, take that girl away. We need a new one. It's literally wild. Wild. Yes, totally. It's shocking to me. I was reading this other article. This is like off topic. It's a quick sidebar, I promise. But I was reading this other article talking about how they really like just allow these people to have concussions. And I mean, you see it on the show for sure, but it's like there really needs to be an overhaul of this sport because of what they kind of allow people to sustain injury wise. Oh, yeah. They basically like get mad at them if they have a concussion. Like, I, I mm-hmm. feel like I recall an episode of Monica is the coach's name, and there was one of the cheerleaders had been, like, I, I think it was one of the guys, and, like, a girl had fell on him or something. He had some kind of concussion. He was having, like, blurred vision and stuff, and she was like, oh, yeah, he's just, like, not ready to get back out there again. And she was mad. Oh, my like, God. Like, just, just truly wild. But anyway, okay. so... In the new season, one of the cheerleaders brings up that she is doing a watermelon cleanse and that she will only be eating watermelon for the next three days. And she states that she's doing this because when you eat food, it just sits and rots in your gut. And so for that reason, you need to do a cleanse. Now, there's a lot to say about the girl that said this. Her parents are, I mean, they're like committable, in my opinion. They're like psychotic. And even the mom was like, this doesn't seem right. I was literally right when you brought this up. I was going to say that, like, I was never team Gabby's parents until they told her that she at least couldn't do the watermelon diet when they were doing like full outs of their routine. Like, at least she had like a slight voice of reason telling them she was I think she mentions like you guys are doing way too much physical work for you to be sustained on watermelon. Like what? I and I lit when she said that I was like this is the first sane thing I've ever heard this woman say (laughs) on the show oh yeah total stage parents oh so so much so much so obviously a lot to unpack with the watermelon diet and you know the idea of things rotting in your gut and I think that idea has been around for a little bit and I've seen it a little bit more recently so I think we need to talk about it. So let's start with what the watermelon cleanse is. So Emily and I were talking about this and we were like, why pick watermelon? Of course, you know, part of it is obviously it's low calorie. There's a lot of water in it. But why watermelon instead of like cucumber or something like that? And basically what I found is just because people like watermelon. I was thinking that we were talking about like it's it's so palatable. Like, I think that that's just like one of the reasons. Plus, I guess like there's different ways you could eat it. I wonder if they like juice it ever. It seems to be like just straight up watermelon. Yeah, I think it's straight up watermelon. I mean, so watermelon, it's only about 45 calories per cup. So it's a super low calorie food. You know, it has vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. So it's not as if it's a food that's bad for you, but it's doesn't have a lot to it. So no protein, no fat, nothing that you would need just to be a human, much less to be (laughs) an athlete. Yeah, I think it's also really important to, and I think we've touched on this in the past, but it's like, 
you still need a good amount of calories just for your basal metabolic rate, like your just for your body to like exist and for you to like walk around from like your couch to your fridge. Like you're requiring a lot just to complete respirations and your normal waste cycle. And it's like having people think that just because you're laying on the couch all day, you need way less food or something. And that's really not that true. Yeah. And, you know, this is just kind of a fun side note. Have you ever eaten roasted watermelon seed? No, I don't think so. So I don't think I have either. But when I was reading all about watermelon for this episode, there was something about like watermelon seeds being a great snack because you can roast them and they're full of iron and magnesium. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I've never thought of roasting watermelon seeds. But another way you can use your watermelon, but please don't have it be the only thing you eat. Please eat other stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, kind of like I mentioned, she says she's doing this because she doesn't want food to be rotting in her gut. So first off, I just want to start everyone uh, off with a quick anatomy lesson and keep everyone real humble. But remember, your GI tract is one series of hollow tubes. It starts at your mouth. It ends at your anus which means that you could poop out of your mouth, hypothetically. Oh, God. (laughs) That felt really important for me to include. Not sure why. Now that I gave you that fun fact, I'm going to give you one more. So another fun fact, if you are an RD2B and you're studying right now and you're looking to remember the parts of your small intestine, you can use the mnemonic DJ Illy Illy, Duodenum, Jejunum, and Ilium. I'll never forget that. So just you can jot that down in your notes. Did you ever use that one? A little tip for you. No, I never used that one. You didn't? But that's it's It's a good one. I I literally will never forget that. Yeah, it really is. Okay, so back to the GI tract and out of my fun fact tangents. So basically, the goal of your GI tract is to break down food so that your your body is able to use it. So you begin digesting things in your mouth, both by chewing and in your saliva, there's an enzyme called amylase. So that comes into play to start digesting your food. After you swallow, there's this thing that starts that's called peristalsis. So basically, it's the muscles um, and the walls of the GI tract contracting and relaxing to push the food forward through the GI tract. So that's why you can still digest things if you're laying down. It's not just gravity. It's actually pushing it through. So keeping that in mind. So we already have enzymes into play and we have peristalsis into play. So we're keeping the food moving and we're keeping it breaking down. So once it gets to the stomach, It's going to get hit with hydrochloric acid or stomach acid, and it's going to churn the food, mix it with that hydrochloric acid. And after it's finished churning that up, it's going to dump into the small intestine where more digestive juices are going to come into play. Utilize the rest of the good parts of the food before dumping the waste products into your large intestine and then obviously sending it out of your body. So although some foods might take a longer amount of time, to get through this process, nothing's going to sit there and rot. It's going to be forced through eventually. Right. And it's like there's certain foods like that's why fiber might keep you fuller longer because it takes longer to digest it. So that's 
really the reason why things are moving slower, which is funny because I feel like people would think like maybe what they deem as an unhealthy food would take a long time. And it just mm-hmm. depends on your body and like your your sensitivities or maybe intolerance you have. But yeah, there's just no way. Otherwise, everything would like come up the other end, as Vanessa said. Right. Again, it's a because one you, you couldn't push it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So if you're worried about your gut, I mean, you definitely want to eat lots of fiber, prebiotics, probiotics. You want lots of good varieties of bacteria. But you definitely don't have to worry about doing a cleanse or, you know, worry about food rotting. You know, your, especially your stomach is a really acidic environment. So it's not, it's the kind of environment that stuff can't easily just sit in and like create bacteria and rot. Definitely not. That would cause major problems. I think also it goes back to like, the idea of giving your digestive system a break, which I know that we've talked about before, I think in our cleanse episode. And it's just not really like those muscles don't get tired like a muscle in your arm does. You, they're continuously working even without any sort of break. Yeah, absolutely. And so doing a a cleanse like this, like Emily mentioned, nobody needs to do it, but definitely for, you know, in this situation, these cheerleaders that are doing this really intense work all the time. I mean, it would definitely be dangerous for them to be doing stuff like this. I mean, even just being extra fatigued would be really dangerous for them because they're literally getting thrown in the air. And a lot of their movements have to be very, very precise to make sure that they're safe. And I think it's a good time to kind of talk about the fact that You know, when I watched this moment on the show, I was like, oh, like, I'm kind of mad that they kept that in there, right? Because I don't want people to be like Googling this now. That's kind of like what has happened a little bit. But it's also really shedding light on this issue of the pressure with looks within this particular sport and with other sports too. But I think cheerleading, there's definitely an extra component. And there's actually some research behind this. And behind basically like the pressures that they feel because at the end of the day like yeah you know these cheerleaders are some things are people that younger people look up to and they might see like oh she's doing this watermelon diet I want to do it too and it can be problematic but the real core of the issue is fat phobia and this pressure to be thin and that's not something that you know, this cheerleader is exactly directly responsible for, right? She's just kind of working within her industry. And unfortunately, in this industry, the smaller you are, the more kind of reward you're going to feel. And so this study was done all the way back in 2012 before Cheer came out on Netflix. But I'm sure Navarro was winning a bunch of medals even back. Enough rings to prove it. Yeah, she totally. How many times did it show that? God damn picture of her with those rings. <laughs> like she's just yeah. Wait, also I did I did Google um if they were competing only against two teams and yeah, it, it is only against each other in the end. Don't you so feel like you've been taken a little, a little bit? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Back to our back to our study. I just had to let everybody know that. I couldn't think that we were spreading this information. Okay. So This study was done and used, hold on, let me re-say that. This study sought to identify the risk of eating disorders for cheerleaders and also how their body image perception played a part in that. So this study says that the eating disorder risk for cheerleaders was estimated at 33.1%. 
flyers had greater odds of being at risk compared with bases. Those are the people like in the air, um, which that seems pretty obvious why they would feel like that. And then no difference was noted between the base and the back spot position. So basically the people in the front or the people in the back. And then a main effect of body image perception was seeing significant interaction by clothing type. So cheerleaders desired to be smaller than their perceived body image for each clothing type. And the biggest difference was in the midriff uniform, followed by their full uniform, follow, followed by their daily clothing. So basically it's saying that like they're most uncomfortable in the midriff uniform, then their cheer uniform, then just clothes that they wear every day, which that makes sense. Everyone's more uncomfortable in a uniform than they are like in their regular everyday clothing. But I just thought that was interesting because you know, that's kind of a whole other layer of psychological issue to deal with on top of already doing this really intense sport. So I think that's important to say, too, and really to look at the root cause of these diets, because it's not really just as simple and straightforward as, oh, she, you know, cares about how she looks and this is it. It's like, no, this is really like the crux of their industry. Well, and you can tell, too, in the show, like even the coach, she prefers girls that are pretty and skinny. And she like definitely exactly. shows favoritism towards those girls. Definitely. And, you know, this study basically concluded that universities, colleges, all the bodies of cheerleading really need to focus on preventing eating disorder and body image satisfaction and how they can promote self-esteem, which, yeah, you know, these are these are good band-aids in the moment to be like, OK, we're going to, you know, not do these cleanses and whatever. But the pressures are still existing outside of all of this. And that's why we're in this current struggle battle with fat phobia. Yeah. And another study that wasn't really estimating the risk for cheerleaders that just kind of took a group of cheerleaders and that said that 26% of this group of cheerleaders had an active eating disorder. Wow. So yeah, it's it's a huge risk for them, especially with what physical activity they're doing. And even if you aren't doing any physical activity, an eating disorder is still really serious. You know, when it comes to bone structure, especially, you know, that can be a really big issue with people who aren't consuming enough calories and at, you know, these ages of being teenagers when we're supposed to be building up our bones, it's kind of going the opposite way. Yeah, I literally think about all of the scenes where they're literally just getting dropped on these mats, like their body is just mm -hmm. getting dropped. And that alone is a good enough reason to want to have really, really strong bones. And I mean, if you're not eating foods like calcium, your body will pull the calcium from your bones into your blood in order to survive. So it's going to make your bones weaker as a survival mechanism. Right. And that and that's something that's, you know, it's helpful for you in the moment, but it's not going to be super great long term. I also found just kind of this like fun side article that talks about nutrition for cheerleaders. And this is just kind of like a great example of like, they tried, but they're still missing the mark slash entrenched in diet culture. And it says, you know, like cheerleaders should properly feel their bodies. This is really important. Competitive cheerleading is very demanding. They should eat healthy, but they shouldn't worry about being overly skinny. It's important to be at a healthy weight, but you need muscles to support the skills you're attempting to do. Like, what the hell? Like, that's so confusing. Like, you should eat healthy, but you shouldn't be overly skinny, but you should be at a healthy weight, but you also need muscle. Like, what? Well, and I think so, just a uh, healthy weight is very vague, and most people don't really yeah. know what that means. I mean, we already know that BMI um, isn't a good indicator, but... 
then it's like people are thinking, okay, then what do I eat? What does that mean? For sure. And it's usually like, you know, people set point or where their body's naturally landing or where your body might not naturally be landing after, you know, you've gained weight or lost weight, whatever. It's sometimes not where you want to be. So looking at that perception, like, okay, likely for cheerleaders, they want to be in a smaller body. And that's what this research says, you know, that regardless, even if they're at a quote unquote healthy weight, they're still not happy with it. And that's where the risk lies. And that's why it doesn't really matter what your weight is. It really is a big focus on the perception because that's what's going to really stress the body out. And that's what causes all that harm and not great feelings. They This article basically recommends that very important not to go into practice hungry. Okay, great. They're saying dairy products make you feel nauseated when working out. So avoid those prior to your workout. I'm not sure. Like I'm vegan. I haven't really ever heard any information about that. Maybe they're just thinking like heavier foods. I'm not sure. Well, dairy can cause like mucus and things like that. So I definitely wouldn't recommend Mm. dairy before doing a hard workout because you'll probably feel like you're going to throw up or throw up from personal. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so, you know, they're like before practice food suggestions and they talk about raw nuts, light popcorn. I'm assuming that's because, you know, the fat takes longer to digest, could do some discomfort to the body. But even just the small things, they like small bowl of pre-cut fruit with granola, like small bowl of brown rice or black beans. It's just like kind of this undercurrent throughout the article of like, you know, make sure it's a small portion. And even after practice they talk about fill up on fruits and veggies those are always a healthy choice i mean you really need protein after that they do talk about like you could combine some proteins with carbohydrates but it's like they had to get in the end there like make sure you fill up on veggies and fruits when veggies and fruits really should be a side like it shouldn't be like you know your main source of calories is vegetables they're low in calories so filling up on those also could up on those can make it difficult to eat enough protein alongside of that so i think that's important to point out too. But yeah, clearly they're they're trying a little bit, I think, with their messaging, but it's still missing the mark. Yeah. So I think in summary, we're going to go ahead and recommend that you watch season one of Cheer if you have not already. Season two, I'm not going to fully recommend personally because I it, recommend it, it. I recommend it. It hasn't hit for me, but it's hit for Emily and that's her business. That is my business. I I fully advocate for the second season. I thought it was great. There's a couple slow episodes in there, but you definitely, it's definitely worth the watch. And do not do the watermelon cleanse. And also don't worry about food rotting in your gut because it's not. It's not. Well, take that off of your list of worries. Yeah. All right. I'll see you in Miami, Em.